0: You are listening to the 1830 Podcast Network. Find us easily by searching 1830 Podcast Network directly on the Apple Podcasts app, Google Podcasts app, or Spotify app. Also visit us at facebook.com forward slash 1830 Podcast Network for more information. Hello, and welcome back to part two of the Stephen Kimball interview. I'm so glad you guys came back because we have a very special treat for you at the end. And I'm your host, Tony McIndoo. Back to you, Stephen. What parts of being in the ministry are the most energizing to you?
1: Uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple ways that I, I'd like to answer that. One, one of those is... is uh... I've said all my life, uh, when I sit and listen to a sermon, um, and maybe maybe my memory is terrible, I don't ever remember, almost without exception, entire sermons. But I remember phrases and words that, that come out of that uh, sermon. You know, I, I remember Brother Dwayne Ely preached a sermon one time. I couldn't tell you a clue about what the sermon was about. But at one point, he mentioned that when the Lord tells you to get up, even if it's three o'clock in the morning, you're exhausted, and he tells you to get up and write something down, do it immediately, or or you'll forget it. You know, the Lord will take it from you. And so it's always been a huge blessing, you know, I, I've thought about it. And there have been times where I've woke up and written a dream down or written something given to me, or or uh, I'm not sure I've been given a sermon that, that way at three o'clock in the morning, but. But I have been given thoughts at the time, and I and I have made it a point that when I get that to get up and write it. And so there's different things like that. And so uh, when I preach, uh, I am appreciative. A lot of people tell you thanks, but uh, to a lot of things. But I, I get very appreciative when people come up to me and there is a something that I've said in that sermon, and I know it's not me. I know it's the Lord that's put it on my on my heart to say it, and and it speaks to them. And that that's one of the things I really. Uh, take great joy and great pleasure to know that the lord is is using me uh at, at uh, certainly when when i preach and the other thing that i 've enjoyed is actually something that uh I enjoy home visits and you can, you are party to one of those home visits uh I enjoy my brother uh, Glenn orsted and I got really uh going on these home visits and and they 're kind of, they can be kind of awkward. Because it happened to me before I was called, you know. I remember Gary Jacobson and Ken Orr called me up, and they're like, "We're well, coming to visit." you I'm like, what "Am I being thrown out or something?" I mean, what's going on? But, but you know, it took me back to when I was a kid, and then you did, you know, you had ministry come to your house, and but you could have home visits, and you could have prayers, you could have sermons, you could you could talk about life, you could talk about sports, you could talk about animals, and. You know, you, you, you could hear your brothers and sisters and you can fellowship with them. And, and I really uh, enjoy that. We, I, I don't do it enough. I, I need to do it more. And, and it, it gets awkward, I know, with some people. But I, I enjoy that. I enjoy the home visits a lot. I take great joy in that.
0: Yeah, I remember, I remember you and Glenn coming over. Uh, I think Lindsay and I had just been married for uh, less than a year probably at the time. And she was so nervous about <laughs> what you guys were coming over to do. I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, oh, I'm not nervous at all. And then when you guys were done with your little home visit, do you remember what we did next after that? Did we eat? No, we replaced the toilet in my bathroom.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes, I do remember <laughs>
0: that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't that's tell you night. guys, but I said, hey, while you guys are here, I need help replacing this toilet. And you and Glenn both were uh, in my downstairs bathroom, and we were replacing the toilet because I was like, if they're coming over, yeah. uh, we're going to be doing some, some – uh, construction over here so
1: now and that's funny because that was the other part is I actually made three home repairs while I was visiting with people uh (laughs) Mark McCollum ironically Mark McCollum's toilet apparently I'm the toilet guy but Mark McCollum (laughs) had a problem with this toilet and I was able to fix his his was easier than yours we didn't have to stall something but we just had to tighten it and there's something else I can't remember that I fixed at somebody's house so it's just I I don't know maybe that was the Lord's way of making me useful at the time. So,
0: well, are you but, breaking uh, them yeah. while you're over there doing all these, or you just?
1: I am not breaking them. No, no, it's <laughs> just uh, I think people know my plumbing skills are really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. So the toil- your um,
1: toilet never leaked again, did it?
0: It did not. You are right. I think yeah, yeah. it was it was good. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, thought, so, I I told, I told people about that. I thought maybe people would be more energetic and call me up for home visits, but it, it doesn't happen. Apparently nobody has broken <laughs> toilets or, or, or I yeah. didn't fix them as well as I thought I you had. You just so. get
0: a business card out there and say home visit with a, with a, with plumbing service afterwards. So, uh, That's so that. second part of that question, um, uh, what part of being in the ministry and, uh, just being a minister is draining to you and especially with you being an introvert, uh, tell me more about that, because I would guess that most of the ministry that I know, especially in the Phoenix local are probably on the extroverted side, but uh, th- I'm sure this, this answer is going to be a little bit different than what I would expect.
1: Yeah. G- ironically, Glenn is also an introvert too. So we get along. Well, our conversations can be very short and very long. So that's kind of funny, but um, you know, to me, the, the, the most draining part, um, uh, you know, to go with the introvert, I'm also probably half nuts. I think everybody that's introduced me in Phoenix when I go to preach has said, we enjoy Stephen because he gives an interesting uh, take on things, you know. And I, that's just their way of saying I'm, I'm <laughs> half nuts. So I think the most draining thing, and people probably don't, you probably don't think about this, right? But but when you're called, in and, and this this leads to something, when you're called into the ministry, um, they don't send you to school to learn things that they don't, uh, you really, I mean, some people may get different things, but I mean, they, they literally, someone goes out of their way, Bob will send you the ministry handbook, uh, top secret handbook. And, and, and there, and, and really, I didn't even know this, but you have to, you basically need to go to somebody and tell them you accept the calling, but, but there's no, there's no education process. And there's a purpose behind that. And there's a reason behind that. Cause you're called to the Lord, not a man. And so you're not sat down and told, you know, this is your duty, and this is your duty, and you need to do this, and and this is how we handle this. You know, you're not going to get that information if you don't ask that question. At the same time, and and maybe I'll get myself in trouble, I tend to do that. But when it comes to your job as the minister, we have some direction. Uh, The Book of Commandments talks about a few things that you do and not do, but it's very brief in my mind. Uh, the Book of Mormon brings up those things and some Bible brings up some things, but your duties and responsibilities, uh, in my mind, are not clearly defined. And and if you're somebody that's an introvert like me and, and you want to, uh, you know, sometimes you want specific things to do or you're, you know, maybe you don't do them. But, um, you know, and so, and what that leads into are things that everybody talks about is. You know, am I doing everything the Lord wants me to do as a minister? You know, I see myself as a as a priest that I'm supposed to be there for the local to help the local out. I think that's one of my duties and responsibilities, and so I do what I can there. I, I, I have uh, I, I think people that I that I work with from time to time, and 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 oftentimes, ironically, it's it's people that that uh, are more. Uh, so-called not related, in the locals sometimes tend to to relate to me more because I was isolated, like a lot of people. But, but I think that's the, that's the hard part, you know, that leads into that. Not not that they need to start changing that, but it's it's you know you you don't have other than preaching, um, you know, and and being in charge of services and prayer services and and a sacrament service. Um, you know, and, and even a sacrament service, I, I wonder if there's elders present. Should I be doing the sacrament service? And and I, I've I've gotten different answers to that. Nothing real exact, but I I don't know. I'm not comfortable with it because I feel like if there's an elder there, they should be in charge of it. But but I will. If someone, if the pastor or somebody asks me to take charge of it, uh, I'll tell them what I feel, but say absolutely, I'd be glad to do it. So. I think that's the part that's hardest to me is, you know, is, is a, am I doing what the Lord wants me to do in that calling? And and that's the part that gets frustrating to me because you know, it's, it's, you want to go, go, go sometimes. And it's not always on your time. That's it's the Lord's time.
0: Okay, great. Thank you. Um, how many different locals have you preached at in the country or the world? Just ballpark figure, unless you know it exactly.
1: Oh my goodness. Um, can I just list them and count at the same time?
0: Sure, I've if you done can. Phone
1: Phone Church, uh Temple lots, uh Phoenix local. Uh I think I preached in three locals when I was in Yucatan, Mexico. Uh I was in Michigan and I I was running through there. I didn't get to preach there though. Uh Uh, I know there's got to be more. I didn't. I don't think I preached at the East Local, and I don't think I preached in Houston or Ada yet.
0: So uh, or Springfield.
1: Less yeah, than ten. Five, five, five or six. Yeah, I think it's less six? than ten.
0: Okay. Um, but
1: I can tell you, I've also, if you count the number of homes, and we go to Sholo, we go to Golden Valley. I've preached in those locations, Uh and like I said, I, I like to travel and see our brothers and sisters there. So we end up in. I end up of sometimes a little mini services there too.
0: So, so we'll we'll say that was ten.
1: Okay, we'll so, call
0: it ten. <laughs> we'll call it ten. So uh, you met, you mentioned it a little bit before, but uh, you travel for your job, and uh, you actually travel a lot. And this is one of the times you've probably been home for the longest you have for a long, long time right now. But yeah, uh, I have something on my bucket list that you've actually completed recently. Um, you are one of the few people that I know that have been to every state, and. Yes. Uh, that is feet on the ground feet on the ground not just going through the airport not no yeah, layovers. airports don't count yeah so you actually did that i think last was it last year yeah it was la- or two years ago you finished that i think
1: two years ago no no
0: it was delaware no, it was this last, last year. year it was last yeah. year
1: delaware was the last state. yes
0: yeah so that that's pretty cool uh that is on my bucket list i'm about i think i'm at 27 right now so i've got a little ways to go but I, i'm yes. hopefully i'll get there like you um yeah, I'd that like being to hit said
1: co- continents and oceans too some days i'm one short on the ocean
0: i need the, arctic. the antarctic yeah <laughs> if you go there let me know i'll i'll watch you go swim in the arctic ocean okay so that being said you've traveled a lot around the country and around the world uh, if you could go anywhere for a one week all expenses paid vacation next week where would it be
1: uh, can I say my house?
0: <laughs> you you can say Phoenix, can Arizona, at your place? house.
1: <laughs> no, no. Yes. I would like to stay at my house uh when it's about seventy-five degrees. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a tough are you talking worldwide too?
0: Let's just let's just stick with the US.
1: US. Uh probably has to be Hawaii. Oh, gosh, it could be Alaska too. I'm gonna go with Alaska.
0: Alaska? Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm going to, that, that's the introvert in me. There's fewer people in Alaska. I'll take that. Why too many <laughs> too tourists? I don't know. I don't know why those people are there.
0: Alaska where there's not many yes. people and it's a huge area. That's great.
1: Yes. And uh, as you know, I used to cover Hawaii. So uh, I was there quite a bit.
0: So that, it's a little played out in your book and you're ready to go to Alaska now. Um, yes. Good luck getting it 70 degrees there because I'm not sure that's, it's probably one, one or two days a year at 70 degrees there. <laughs>
1: oh, I, don't, I don't mind. I love cold, so bring it.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so uh, we are close to being out of time, so I will speed up a little bit here. Uh, so one thing that I've always admired about you, Stephen, and you, let's see if you catch on where I'm going here, is, is your ability <laughs> to just reach out and try something new. And I've got a, I've got a story that I'm sure you'll, you'll start laughing in a second when you catch on what's going on. But we were traveling when I was, uh, when you first moved to Phoenix, we would do, uh, we would go to San Diego and do cookouts for your work and we would go do these things. And, uh, I always, I know I always bring this up to you. Every time I go to San Diego, I take a picture of this hotel, but (laughs) I, (laughs) I remember we went out to eat, we got in pretty late. We went out to eat. And we were sitting there and it was, it was pretty late at night and we were both like, man, I want <laughs> I, I, I'm want i hungry. I want something to eat for dessert. And it was too late and I was like, I'm not walking around or I'm just gonna give up. And you reached over and grabbed the phone and you started talking to your friend, Hal, as if he was your best uh, friend. Yep. It yes. was Hal the concierge and you said, hey, Hal, I have a bit of a sweet tooth. What can you do about that? <laughs> And I was, uh, I was in the corner cringing because I was like, he did not, I thought you were joking. He did not just call the concierge to bring up sweets and it worked because a few minutes later, I think, I think it was actually held. that came up with a plate of, they were grandma's cookies and it was, it was a pretty good spread for just on a whim. And I was like, that was no a, way.
1: yeah, it was a Hampton hotel, right? Yeah. So it's not like they cook cookies all the time.
0: No, it, yeah, they weren't yeah. I don't know where he came up with this. I don't know if he pal was so scared <laughs> that he went to the vending machine and and started yeah. pulling it out, but it was it was great. And I was like, that was that was pretty impressive. And then the same trip, we were going to a Padres game, and and this was this kind of caught my attention too, is we were pulling up to pay for parking, and you just asked the the parking person, can I get in for free? And and they said no. And then you said, Oh, it's worth a shot. And so I remember you telling me that, Hey, it probably works one out of every 10 times. So why not give it a shot every time and see what happens? Yes. Do you still do that? Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. In a heartbeat. (laughs) Yeah. And it is really, it's not, it's not because I'm a cheap natured person. Uh, I can be, it's not, it's just, it's just a rule in life. I've learned if you don't ask, you're not going to, it's highly unlikely you're going to get it. Same way with the Lord. You don't ask, you're not going to get it. I've done it I, I've gotten into Disney uh SeaWorld before for free I said hey can I get it I mean look look who's at the gates typically it's some you know 16 17 18 year old teenage kid and they're like whatever have at it you know and so it it does it doesn't it, it pays to ask if you want something you know and it's, it's a lesson to be taught with the Lord I mean it's nothing's too silly to ask of the Lord if you want it maybe that is that's I'll have to ask the Lord for free parking but but it's it's you've got to ask i mean it's just it's it's part of life you know if you don't ask how he's not bringing you cookies
0: yeah and i i was I, I will always remember that story and i remember the parking and i remember and i've actually adapted that in my life because i remember uh, uh my wife and i were going we were at a hotel and the the lady said hey what are you here for and i said oh it's my birthday so if you want to upgrade me to the penthouse suite i'll take it and then my wife looked at me and she was she was cringing like I was cringing when you were talking to hell and the, and the, the girl kind of like laughed or whatever. And she's like, here you go. And then she literally got us the penthouse suite and the closet was bigger than the actual room we were going to pay for. And it was about a hundred dollars <laughs> and you, you could have had 20 people in that room. And it was, I mean, I, I do the same thing. And once you can, you know, bypass the, you know, the awkwardness of it, it's, it's a great thing. So, uh, that being said, uh, I always come to you and ask for your opinion on things. And usually you uh, you jump right on with me and we've actually had a lot of fun over the time um, over the past couple of years where I just say, Hey, Steven, let's do bacon night. Let's do uh football themed parties and everything. So uh, you usually accept it and you start adding to it and you just, no ideas off the table with you. And, and I do appreciate that with you. And uh, I do enjoy that. So, that being said, uh our church services right now are are different because of this uh this COVID-19 virus and we're we're doing different stuff. So, uh do you have any out of the box ideas? Anything that you could if you could just shoot that out there and try this? Do you have any a type of service that you would like to do in the future, maybe including social distancing and I know you would probably just like to have a Zoom meeting every day for the rest of your life. But <laughs> yeah. uh, when the world does open up, do you have anything, any ideas that you could jump into and uh, maybe have a different different style of service that we've never had before in the church?
1: Uh, I don't know if it's so much of a, of a different style, but, but I am not one that, uh, that enjoys repetitiveness. I, I can become very complacent uh, with services. And, and I think that um, we, we have to really, you know, especially with the younger people who, who, you know, let's be honest, a lot of them know they should be there, but it's not their favorite place to be. They don't want to be there. And so, you know, when you start having, uh, you know, and you talked about that, we used to do the theme night. That was so much fun. We'd take a, we'd take a football game and we'd take the host city that, that it was in and we'd, we'd come up with some crazy idea to, uh, you know, to, to, to theme our food around based on where they were from. I uh, remember the year that we served, uh, it was in Minnesota, and we made gefilte fish. Remember that?
0: <laughs> I do I do remember <laughs>
1: that. Except we didn't go with straight gefilte fish. He made jello with uh, Swedish, Swedish fish. In it, fish. So. Yeah, so it was wonderful. As close to gefilte fish as I ever want to be.
0: No exactly. offense to
1: Gefelta fish lovers. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we need to, you know, this, this thing adds a lot of stuff. I mean, I I know people are, especially the extroverts are very uncomfortable with us. They want to get going. But when you think about this, think about all the people that have brought in. I I remember, uh, you know, Sarah's got a friend up in golden Valley, uh, Arizona. There's a, there's a small group that meets up there and we go visit them from time to time. And she's, you know, she's joining in on Sunday schools. Um. Uh, she's she can join in on church services a lot of people you'll see like like tonight we did a prayer service and you see people from alaska and missouri and all over the place that are joining these services i i'm a big fan of you know when it comes to the united states you know or you know really to the church i'm not a globalist i i don't believe that you bring everybody into the fold you you have to be just like the churches you have to be very uh You know, this is the church. And so you don't bring other churches into it. Uh, And sometimes we get so uh, set in our ways, you know, that that we get these local groups that, you know, one thing I would love to see, and we start installing these conference calls. That's a long answer. I'm finally getting to my point. But I want to have a church service where we use one of these conferences, and we have it at like 2 o'clock in the morning and we include Africa, and we include the Philippines, and we include Mexico, we get every single country we're in that we can, and get them on a conference call, and and we have a service that way, and people, you know, find a way that people around the country can get in, and you know at two o'clock in the morning, uh, you're not typically going to have a big group, but think how big that group would be if, if we could have a service with just everybody involved in it, get to see our brothers and sisters, and I think that's, when I look at this, uh, I think it's a, it's one of the great things is the technology that we're learning. And I will be very disappointed if we, if we all of a sudden just stop using these things because we're meeting back together again, be, because you have to, you know, you have to think about, you know, all the extra, and we keep using these terms. I mean, it's, we're joking a bit about it. It, it if you've got some sonality about you, you can get around these things. But, you know, when I go to a, to a Phoenix local, you know, that, that church is full on a Wednesday night prayer service. Crowds like that are are just, that's a lot of people for me. And so, uh, you know, I, I, there are times I really have to force myself because I I just don't want to, to be there. Not, not, anything against brothers and sisters or anything, but but we have got to use this technology and not be afraid uh, to, to let other people into the services and, and remote locations and, and come on in. I mean, how close can we get to know our brothers and sisters? I remember talking to the Robs uh, down in Tennessee, and, and they knew every single person in Phoenix because they always watched the, the video conferencing. They knew every single person they had not met. Ninety-five percent of the people, but they knew every single they they could walk into the church and they'd done that and they know every single person by name. So that that would be my ideal service is to meet with all of our brothers and sisters in foreign lands. But but I'm not opposed. to I, I love services in the outdoors. We've done them in Phoenix before. It's we can get really nice conditions, but but get services and outdoors, and 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 I understand the importance of traditions and things like that. But we we've got to be able to look at traditions and understand that that they're traditions and they're not the gospel. You know, there there's things that we can do, um, that 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 don't get go against scripture, but they go against tradition. That's hard for some people to do. And and I'm a big fan of change. I love change, not bad change, mind you. But I just I love changing things up.
0: Yeah. You, you are not afraid to just reach out there and try something. And you are, you are like myself where my natural instinct is, well, let's do it. Let's try it. Let's see if it works. And some people are in the mindset of it's not going to work. Let's not even try it. But I, I, maybe I learned that from you, but I'm like, let's give it a shot and see if it works. So yeah, Yeah. let's, let's go ahead and see if we can get that service going. Let's figure out a way and a time where we can make that happen.
1: Yeah, one of these days, the Phoenix, and I've, I've told them this, one of these days I love to mess with them when it comes to seating arrangements because there are very specific seats. You asked Gary about that when you talked to him. One of these days they're going to come into the church and those pews are going to be turned sideways. And I'm going to be standing on the, on the north side of the church of those pews and, and, and I'm going to have the camera on and just get everybody's reactions. I'm just going to preach a service right there. But it's just going to happen. I'm telling you right now, unless I die before then, one of these days, it's, it's going to happen. I'm going to get some help. We're going to turn those pews sideways, and, and off we go. That,
0: <laughs> that would be an outside-of-the-box uh, the idea, and I would love to see that. So uh, before we let you get out of here, uh, has this quarantine or this social distancing, um, the sheltering, has that brought any, anything to you? Are you, I know a lot of people are picking up activities and hobbies. Have you been doing anything, Are you just been hanging out at home watching TV, or what's been going on? Uh is
1: this a reference to my musical talent?
0: Well, I know you have a lot of musical talent, but yeah, do you have you been picking up any new instruments?
1: Uh yes, it's it's not really a new instrument. It's an old instrument that I've been lazy on. Uh I I have this. One of my favorite things in the world is uh amazing grace on the bagpipes. I just I, I love it. There's in my travels, uh I'm surprised you did not ask about my job more, but in my travels, one I call I used to call on golf courses. And so I'd get to see some pretty special golf courses around the country for those of us who love the game of golf and the spirit of golf. And, and one of the courses that we went to every day at, at sunset, they would bring out almost every day that it was a live bagpiper and they would come out and play amazing grace on the, on the resort that, that we stayed at. It was just from that point, it really triggered me to want to be able to play the bagpipe. And I have, I have, no desire to learn it. Well, I shouldn't say that, but all I want to do is is play Amazing Grace on the bagpipe. And, and where, so, so
0: where those are you going to play think, that?
1: Uh in the backyard, probably around nine or ten AM before church services. Everything I have good. Yes, and for if you don't know Phoenix, I mean there are a large majority of the members live right around the church. And so I'm sure that you can hear a bagpipe for a good mile away. Uh I don't know. I, I Maybe it's not that far, but I, I, I'm i going to get it done. And if you don't know it, uh, for a bagpipe, it's it's really kind of cool because you don't have to buy the bagpipes. You can buy what's called a, uh, a chanter, which is kind of like a recorder or a flutophone if you grew up on those. And, um, you know, that's what it looks like. You could practice on that before you learn how to play it. So before I buy the actual bagpipes, if I ever get there,
0: I'm going to learn how to play Amazing Grace. So I know that people that are listening to this right now – can't see this but do you have one of those with you right now you
1: know completely coincidental but I happen to be sitting here holding my my uh chanter
0: so I know I have to, I have to ask you this question will you show us or let us hear what that sounds like
1: yes absolutely let me let me let me tweet a few tones for I don't know what you do on a backpipe. do you tweet or do you toot or
0: <laughs> I think toot is the word we're looking for <laughs>
1: I will toot my bagpipe. And, and I'll warn you, for those people listening, you might want to turn it off for
0: a little bit when you hear this sound. Turn it down a little bit at least. Ah. Oh, there's,
1: there's a note. My fingers aren't on there, right? I'm going to stop right there just because I did not blow a single note right there. I, I mean, you can hit some bad notes on this puppy. If you, uh, if you're not, care- <laughs> okay. I'll see if I can find a bad note. There's got to be one in here somewhere. more. Actually, that's pretty good. I didn't mess that up at all.
0: Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. So there you have it, everybody. That is, that is what's to come at the Phoenix Local, and that, that's going to turn into amazing grace, and it's going to be beautiful. And I think Jacob's going to get the drum set, and you guys are going to be out there hitting that too? Yes,
1: yes. I, I will be. Uh, if I learn this and I get the thing, I will be in the full kill. Uh, it's happening. Full kill. I'll have the socks up to the knees. I might even do some caber tossing in the backyard. I don't know.
0: Oh, I look forward to this. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get you out of here. But before we go, um, would you like to call anybody out? Would you like to um, volunteer the next person to do an interview or a sermon for us? Yes, I would. I would like to call out my fellow brother, and introvert and partner in crime since I've moved here in Phoenix,
1: our our brother Glenn, Glenn Orstad. Uh, he's a priest in the church. If if you don't know Glenn, he's married to to, to Beth. Orsted, who was a Surratt at one point, her father was, uh, uh, oh my goodness, I almost said his name earlier, Brother Surratt, not Rollin Surratt, but Warren Surratt was her father, uh, but wonderful family, wonderful kids, and and what I appreciate about Glenn is, is Glenn, if you've ever heard a sermon, uh, you just you can't sit in one of his sermons, and embarrassingly, his preparation for those sermons are out of this world, and and, he's, and he really is, does such a great job of explaining things in a way that you understand it. He, he did a study one time on Isaiah, and I'm not going to pretend I can go back and completely understand Isaiah, but he did such a good job of doing that study. He, he, he's, he's had some wonderful experiences. If you talk to him, you've got to make sure you ask him about his dreams and, and some of the things that he's seen is, is just phenomenal. But a uh, great friend, great brother. I love his family and would love for you guys to harass him also.
0: All right. Sounds good. I appreciate that. I wonder if he listens to this. If not, maybe you can send him the, uh, the link to this podcast and let him hear that for himself on the end there. Um, I appreciate your time tonight. And uh, would you mind playing us out with your, uh, your bagpipe there for the uh, closing song? Oh, my
1: goodness. That's a lot of pressure. You know, it takes a long time to get your fingers over these holes. It's nothing like a recorder. All right. Your fingers have to be positioned perfectly or you're going to miss a note. There we go.
0: that doesn't bring a tear to your eye for one reason or another, I don't know anything that will. Thank you very much for joining us today. Have a great day, everybody.